The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talkin they know what they be talking about. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Nah, we talking Valley? Nah, I ain't talking Valley. Okay, <laughs> we up, Doc. We up, Doc. This is Dr. Cavill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, welcome to episode 435 of the Inside HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, the institution's large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of the HBCU athletic program in the business of HBCU sports. We just call it HBCU sports pedagogy for short. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Along with our Sunday edition, one part of the X's and O's crew, HBCU Nightly star and curator, Joshua Sim Sr. With that being said, today's episode of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab is sponsored by THD Agency. THD Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. I'm going to take a point of perfect personal privilege before I get into <laughs> scores, as they say. And I just want to say this is really a shout out to my neighbor, uh, as my son calls him, Mr. <laughs> Dennis. Uh, he goes home to the weekend. He's Mississippi native, as you would say, and is an alumni of Alcorn, and he does what he's supposed to do. And he goes home to check out the game. Now, this is where it really gets nice. The man has an RB. Mm. Bulls RV, big old truck, you know, 
has his flag out, military. I mean, he just he's all in teacher, and he's preparing those students that are junior ROTCs that are preparing maybe later to, to go into the military uh, as an opportunity. So he does that full time. But outside of that, he's a super, super fan of the Braves. Tells it like it is. Now, he keeps his lawn immaculate. Him and his wife, they get out there. Trim. But it's just something odd during the fall when they have a game and it doesn't quite go right. The way he cleans his yard, you know, he gets up a little later. He's not out there. Fred, when they win, he's out there. I mean, it's clean. It's going. He makes sure he's out there. And I think it's because he just happens to kind of wait to see if I'm coming out to the truck or something. I don't do a whole – I hire someone. I don't do a lot. But I come out, and, and I look for him. Yesterday, left the trash can out. My wife, good neighbor. We're gone. He's gone. We take care of each other. Pull it in the back. I get this picture on my phone. We got the group text going, similar to what you talk about, Joshua, about the Circuit City Classic, where you couldn't see it. We couldn't see this game. It was about at least ours behind the paywall. Prairie View, with its uh, brilliantness, didn't send their team down there, and, and we'll say less about that because uh, we don't want to get anybody in trouble. I'm just saying, I'm fan. And so we're going back and forth and all this stuff going on. But I get this random pitch of the scoreboard when it's high. <laughs> <21 laughs> I don't get anything back afterwards. So I'm just shouting out as they have safe travels riding back. I just want to oh. acknowledge uh, my friend, Colleague, neighbor, Mr. Dennis. Shout out. I will, can I can well, I acknowledge now, somebody? I was about to say, can I acknowledge the jersey behind you? What, what you exactly. got behind you there? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say for the We'll that. get into it now. Kobe Cavill had a big game, three catches, two big ones, one that set up uh the go-ahead touchdown. Um uh, in regards to that, that put him right on the one, two large line. So shout out to Kobe Cavill. Nephew, get it in all. Boy, you know he part of that Cavill side of the family. No, that ain't real. That's the Cavill side. That's the Cavill side. I'm going to ask Big Ben. And shout out to Big Ben, the Cavill side is Big Ben, the one that we know, not his father, uh, but him, Big Anthony, being Anthony Cavill, his grandfather. We have submitted yeah. the paperwork for the SWAC Hall of Fame, so – He's on the wow. list and he's short list in terms of what he did the first wow. century of the SWAC in 1925 to 1929. A great point, <laughs> a privilege. Thank you for doing that, Charles. Mike, yeah. I know you wanted to have a quick shout out. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I'm here with HBCU Week here in Wilmington with a couple of companies recruiting. And new walks up to me and says, I know you. Of course, he has his DuPont shirt on. And he says, wait a minute. You work with Cavill. I was like, no, nah, Cavill works with me. Now what you So he's like, I knew I knew you. you are, y'all part of Inside the HBCU Sports. So we got to talk, and he's a FAMU fan. I sent a picture of him, Marcus uh, Marcus Green. He's with ONG, uh, right. with the ONG folks. So I wanted to give him a shout-out. Uh, in the midst of doing corporate stuff last week and recruiting, we had a chance to talk a lot of HBCU stuff and talk back, talk a lot of noise back and forth, of course. So I wanted to give him a shout out. Nice shout out. Great one there. Good one. Uh, since we're doing a shout out, Joshua, did you want to go ahead and get yours out? Uh, let me put up the cigar for Mike, Joshua, Charles, all of y'all getting your cigars this morning. Good stuff. Shout out to Roy in the background. He gets his cigar as well. 
congratulations on the big win this past weekend. I would uh I'm I'm gonna give my shout out to uh is I'm I'm gonna wait because I got my notepad here. Um, as y'all right. know, at, at the beginning of the season, I had a notepad and a checklist of things that North Carolina Central needed to accomplish. I'll go over that checklist once we get to the game that ensued yesterday. But my shout outs, let me go to my shout outs. I'm sorry, let me go back. My shout outs for right now for this weekend are I would like to give a shout out to God for being the head of our household. I would like to give a shout out to my wife and children and my mama and my, my siblings and all of that good stuff. I would like to give a shout out to y'all three gentlemen for being so gracious and, and, and allowing me to come on here every week and really get all of my 1801 feelings all out here for the world to be able to hear and see and feel in real time. Last but not least, I would like to thank Valley. <laughs> giving us a chance to get our face back <laughs> in the way that we absolutely needed to do so. Thank y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about it. I'll see y'all in a little bit. <laughs> so, so, so I, support, Doc, I support this message like Mike. <laughs> Doc, Doc, let me make sure I get a shout out this morning. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, first and foremost, let me let me, let me me shout out uh, Lelani Armenta, uh, who is the first woman player uh, in Jackson State football uh, history. And, yeah. and, she, and she is believed to be uh, the first woman to kick in an H, uh, HBCU Division One game. So I want to give a shout-out to her yesterday for her contributions to Jackson State football team. Uh, had a couple kickoffs uh, yesterday, uh, and she was needed out of necessity because Jackson State is down uh, both of their uh, field goal kickers. So uh, that was huge yesterday in terms of, you know, when I saw it, it kind of blew my mind, and I had to do a double-take, like, Oh my God, that is a young lady, and um, and and she was out there kicking yesterday. So want to give a shout out in that regard. Want to send a shout out to all the fans who were flying back into Houston this morning. We had Alcorn fans, we had Prairie View fans, Jackson State fans, we had uh, a couple FAMU fans. Uh, they they was on the plane coming back into Houston this morning. So uh, you know, shout out to the HBCU fans and acknowledge Dr. Cavills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, like to see y'all out there on the road supporting your team. So that was pretty cool to see that. Absolutely. Man, great shout-outs this morning. Perfectly placed, meant for all of them. Mm -hmm. I will say this in terms of Charles, uh, kudos, because you're right, she was needed. So she came in through the clutch, did an excellent job. So shout-out. This wasn't just about giving somebody the opportunity. This is where it's needed. Let me get in here and start with the mid-major top seven updates of what took place this past week, including yesterday on Saturday, the majority of the game. At number seven, you had Miles Golden Bears. They defeat Clark Atlanta Panthers 55 to 14. So they improved the two and one overall, one and one in the conference. You had the number 16 Bowie State Bulldogs defeat the St. Augustine Falcons, just getting by them 10 to seven, two and one overall as they improve as well. Uh, one and oh in terms of what they're doing in conference play. At number five, Allen Yellow Jackets defeat the Central mm. State Marauders, 34-28. Another close one. Allen came back. He continued to get it done. They proved to 3-0, uh, 2-0 in the conference play. Tuskegee Golden Tigers at number four. They Ooh. have another close one. Double overtime win over the Lane Dragons, 28-22. As Lane Dragons came rowing back, the tied at 14 to take it in overtime, but the Tigers, Golden Tigers, get it done uh, as they improve to 3-0 on the season, 2-0. Uh, what they're doing in the conference race. At number three, Virginia State Trojans defeat uh, their conference rival, uh, 
as they shut them out, 33 to 0. Coach Dr. Henry Frazier III is rolling over there. At, Coach. Uh, at number two, Virginia Union Panthers, they lost. They're the only top 17 that lost this week. Uh, and a rain game all through it, so you could tell they had to just try to run the ball. And Fayetteville State gets the big-time kick. Wins ten to seven to get it done as Union falls for their Broncos. Broncos. Yep, Benedict Tigers defeat Shawan Hawks thirty-one to three. They just continue to demoralize teams. I don't know whatever term you want to use, but they just continue to get it done as they are rolling this season. With that being said, top seven uh, in terms of the major division. A couple of losses here in the top seven, so we'll see. Some teams jump in the top seven, and we'll see how far Virginia Union falls Tuesday when we announce everything. Number seven, Morgan State Bears. The Morgan State Bears um, fall in double overtime to Albany University. That's the one in New York, 23-17, a double overtime. I thought they were going to get the two ferry back. You know, um, they had the fumble at the end uh, that just came out of nowhere, picked it up. Uh, and moved to the goal line and could not get it in. So kudos to Albany, forcing to kick the extra, the field goal, which tied it and essentially sent it to overtime. Had a couple of chances overtime, could not quite get it done. So they fall this weekend. You're talking about a team uh, that is right there. You could easily see a flip of a schedule with two more victories versus the losses. So, But it is what it is. You are what your record says you are, as many would say. Alcorn State Braves lose to Prairie View on a walk-off kick, uh, basically with zero time on the clock. I think officially one second, 23 to 20. Shout out, as I said, Colby, the rest of the players that came he in. Go, man. go down, come back, take the lead, and get it done. As it looked like the Braves going to do what they do to tie the game. The Panthers uh, take the ball, come down the field, and get the victory. So Alcorn, the Braves fall to one and three. 0-1 in terms of what they are in the conference race. At number five, Jack State Tigers defeat Bethune-Cookman Wildcats 22-16. to Tough matchup, especially without the kickers, but you're talking about fighting and get it done uh, at home. Uh, credit to the Tigers. Shout out to the Wildcats that made it extremely interesting. It made Jack it interesting. State improves to 3-2, and 1-1 uh, overall. At number four, Hampton Pirates. Uh, we're open this past weekend. Tennessee State Tigers were open this past weekend, bringing us to number two. North Carolina Central Eagles defeat the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils 45-3. to uh, We had to follow it on the game plan because we could not see it. Shout out to Roy. Maybe we'll call and see what, if they want a little action for the BCSN uh, with the crew here. We can get it done for sure if they for want sure. to see the game. Florida and them rallies defeat Alabama State Hornets 23-10. They pulled away late, a little closer than that throughout the action. Uh, credit to Hornets defense. Quarterback comes in and gives a little spike to the team. Uh, but the family rallies. Hold on as they get it done, 3-1, and one, and now improve to 2-0 in the conference race. Let's go to our first break. We'll come back on the other side and get into some of these matchups and see what these gentlemen say of what took place in HBCU sports football this past weekend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow yeah. and who so listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes, sir. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Mike Weissel, Charles Bishop, and Joshua Tim Sr. Let me get in here and talk about the first three major matches in terms of what's going on there. In terms of Virginia Union and Fayetteville State, uh, as Charles is trying to do a little bit of his homework, I see him in there giving some love to the game of the week out there. That was pretty nice, Charles. <laughs> With that being said, Fayetteville State uh, gets it done. Uh, they improved the 2-2 two and two on the season. 2-0 and oh in the conference races. They give number two upset, major upset, probably first major upset of the early football season, I would say. With uh, yeah. number two, Virginia and the Panthers going down. And this was at home, 3-0, and 1-0 in the season in terms of them going to 1-1. and 3-1 and thus far, matchup, crazy matchup. Their game was on television. Joshua Sims Sr., what did you think about this matchup? Yeah, man, first of all, um, man, shout-out to the CIAA South, man. Uh, I, I was just – we were just saying that during the break, man, did not have this plan for the CIAA South, man. And Fayetteville State flat out goes in uh, and has a game yesterday, rainy, windy, ugly. They go up to Richmond, Virginia, and they take advantage of the inclement weather, man. They take advantage of a nasty, ugly scenery. Um, But this is football. It ain't always going to be sunny and bright and beautiful with clouds and and 85-degree weather. 
Sometimes you're going to get games where it's rainy and it's windy and it's ugly. I mean, I was watching the game on television yesterday. You could barely see the cameras. Was, you could tell that the cameras was getting flooded with rain and wind. And they flat out just run the ball. Both teams run the ball. You know Virginia Union is going to run the ball. Fayetteville State's going to run the ball for sure. The game opens up. Shout out to Christian Powell, man. Gets a chance to get inside of the end zone on a catch in an ugly, ugly uh, you know, environment. But Fayetteville State, man, stands tall, man. That defense stood tall. They really, really did as much as they could to try to bottle up that Virginia Union running game, and it ended up uh, beating them a W yesterday. Uh, they get it, get it done, man. It's just, it's a big time testament to really what's happening in the South right now. CIAA South right now between Johnson C. Smith, Winston Salem State, and of course Fayetteville State, who are the reigning champ conference champs. Those three programs right now are really, really bringing up the rear, uh, if I say, for the CIAA South. And nothing was more of a testament to that than Fayetteville State going in Virginia Union, going to Richmond yesterday uh, and taking care of business. I see. Shout out to CIAA South as they are finding a way to get it done. Uh, shout out to John C. Smith. They will be a feature uh, matchup this next right. week. With that being said, let's move on to the Allen. Uh, the darling of the SIEC, shall I say, taking on Central State that has just been right on the edge and playing everybody tough, but they can't break through other than that big win they had opening the season. With that being said, number five, Allen Yellow Jackets take care of business as they win 34 to 28. They improve on the season to 3 and 0. in terms of conference play and Central. State Marauders fall to one and three and zero and two. Even though they played pretty well, this game was in Wilberforce, Ohio, McPherson Stadium. Mike, what were your thoughts in terms of the breakdown of this matchup? Sorry about that, Allen. About five hundred three yards of total offense. If you look, they dominated the clock. Um, they what they they scored in every quarter. Uh, they they held uh, basically Central State to about what three point four yards per carry on 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 the uh, offensive side but David Wright quarterback what he had 370 yards now almost 400 uh of offense and then Bo Harrington had 110 on the grounds and then you had uh DeAndre Ruffin as well get 109 yards as well in the air so you had some key performers for Allen um you you look for your performers for Central State to step up. You, you know, Cass Dina, what, on the ground at maybe 56 yards. And uh, Jeremiah Flores, he was the only receiver for Central State. But really, you know, to me, this this score is indicative of how Allen, they came to play some football. Uh, you look at turnovers uh, also in favor of Allen. Yes. Yes. If 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 their pass record, what, they're 3-0, and 2-0, uh, and Donna, yes, they are for real. They came to play ball. Charles, what are your thoughts? Are they for real? For no, uh, that tells me they're for real. I mean, that was another huge win yesterday for, our, for the Allen Yellow Jackets. I think they've arrived and they let everybody know that they're going to be around uh, for the long haul. So it'll be fun to watch and see what Allen does the rest of the season. Uh, I'm curious. I think that's the end of the season. They finish it out with Benedict. Right. I, I, was, yeah. I was waiting to see what Benedict was. On the I like I, I, yeah, I, I keep an eye on that one. Yeah, that'll be a good game. But ben, Benedict been giving it to everybody this year. Their average margin of victory is, what, 40 points? 
<laughs> so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what that Allen offense can do with Benedict. Good stuff. Joshua, is Allen the Yellow Jackets for real? Well, we'll find out next Saturday. We'll find out next Saturday are they for real. Um, they got Fort Valley next Saturday um, at home. You know, um, we'll find out next Saturday. Once Fort Valley stump into there and see what happens, then we'll find out again in a couple weeks on October 21st when they got to play against Miles. Then we'll find out again when they finish the season up against Benedict. But if you ask me for right now, as of right now, uh, what's today? The uh, the the twenty fourth, September twenty fourth. Oh, they yes. for real. Oh, they for real right now. But, for real, uh, for real. They for real, for real right now. But we gonna yeah. find out next Saturday when they got to play against Fort Valley State. Shout out to Coach Gibbs, man. Eagle Pride. I love it. I love it. Uh, Joshua keeps setting me up. That's another <laughs> featured matchup of the week at uh, Fort Valley and Allen. Uh, so those fastballs, I appreciate that, Josh. Real possession. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go to you, Charles. Talking about the Brunswick, Georgia, Glen County Stadium, Coastal City HBCU class was played, and it was a defensive slugfest. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Albany, Albany, as Mike likes to remind me and tell me, the Golden That's right. get it done over Tigers of Savannah State. 15 to 12. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Oh, you mentioned a defensive slugfest. The story of the game, Albany State's dirty blue defense. They did a great job. They kept Savannah State out of the end zone most of the day. And uh, really the biggest thing was uh, all SIC running backs, Jamarcus Poole. Uh, they really held him in check. Only six, seven yards rushing yesterday against Albany State. Uh, but, you know, that's a huge win. Nice win right in their own backyard. And, they got some uh, recruiting edge over uh, Savannah State. Uh, we're getting that, getting that W yesterday. That being said, I'm going to talk about this last game, Langston and uh, Texas College. Langston, this is a battle of one of the teams getting their first win of the season. Uh, Langston got it done and thrashed, if you would. Uh, Texas College, the Steers, 47-6. So Langston Lions get it done and get their first win of the season. Let's take our break, and we'll come back on the other side. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From the press to analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to love laugh and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and Joshua Sims Sr. With that being said, we're going to go to our major division games of the week. We got four on the block for you. You might sneak in another one. But with that being said, we're going to go to Jackson, Mississippi, home of the Tigers, Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. Uh, the suitcase game where Coach T.C. Taylor and the rest of the team get to unpack the suitcases and they get the first home game of the season. Fans were wearing red. They were live. What I really liked is that end zone shot with W.C. Gordon Classic painted and highlighted in red, real crisp with the blue on there. Now, that was quality. That was nice. Great shout-out to the team that gets that done, those that are architects on the field. And making it look like you had that real game day atmosphere. We're talking about a top five team in Jackson State Tigers. Uh, they get the win. It was a stubborn one, if you would. 22 to 16. You talk about uh, fighting back all that. There's three in terms of what was going on. But they get the win. Bethune Cookman looked like maybe they were going to try to take it away from the Tigers. But the defense gets a big play and gets it done in a lot of ways as they win 22 to 16. Over the Bethune Cookman Wildcats in the second conference game for Jackson State as they improve to one and one, three and two overall. Bethune Cookman falls to one and three and zero and one in the swag race. With that, Charles, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, in a lot of ways, the score says twenty two sixteen, but it was a defensive slugfest. Uh, and Jackson State's defense uh, they took a, a bug whooping last week against Texas State, and I think they came back. <clears throat> and responded very well against uh, a tough, tougher than expected Bethune Cookman team. I think a lot of people looked at this game as though uh, Jackson State was going to go in and, and just roll over the Wildcats. But you take your hat off to that coaching staff; they were well prepared. And TC Taylor mentioned in the post game presser how prepared they were, and that there was a, a really good defensive effort by Bethune Cookman. They did a great job of keeping Jason Brown uh, out of rhythm yesterday. And that's something that is, is a bit of a concern because we've seen good Jason Brown and we've seen okay to so-so to bad Jason Brown. So we got something of that yesterday with regards to Jackson State's quarterback play. What they want to get is good, consistent quarterback play. And, and, and TC mentioned in the postgame press in terms of just getting a, a, a full game out of all three phases. 
which some, you know, we looked and we've seen the offense hit on all cylinders one game. Defense does well one game. Uh, special teams does well one game, but they haven't quite put it all together. So, uh, you know, you, you take your head off the field because they did a great job yesterday, but Jackson State was able to get a, a good, hard-fought win against a game uh, Bethune-Cookman team. Irv Mullen, uh again, you know, they, they had to ride him pretty tough yesterday, 174 yards, uh, what he was able to do on the, on the ground. But I think the stat of the day in that game, uh, Jackson State's defense, uh, I believe the stat, Bethune-Cookman was 0 for 13 on third down. So that was the thing that really stood out for him yesterday. And uh, like you said, it was a tremendous day. W.C. Gordon, he brought the red to Jackson State, and uh, they showed honor towards him again with the red out. It was tremendous to see the stadium full of red yesterday. Yeah, you, good breakdown in terms of you, you got that there. Third down efficiency, they snuck one more in on your 0 for 14. I just 0 for 14. Yeah, yeah, to get that in there because that was a great stat that you point out. They were just two or three on fourth downs when they needed to get it done. Uh, really uh, significant in terms of what the defense was able to score and got a scooping score uh, for to even get on the board themselves. With that being said, let me go to Joshua Sims Sr. and talk about this classic, if you would, in terms of Indianapolis, Indiana, Lucas Oil Stadium, Circle City Classic. It is the third installment of the three that we'll get this year between the MEAC Squack. Obviously, the opening ones, the MEAC Squack Challenge. Swack was able to get that done. Talking about those Jackson State Tigers over the South Carolina State Bulldogs. Well, North Carolina Central, the Eagles get a little payback and get it the ship right as they would like to think on that side. Even the series at one to one, which means the celebration bowl will define in multiple ways uh, the matchups between MEAC and Swack. In this matchup, Central really got it going away. They won 45-3. to three. Number two, North Carolina Central takes down Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. North Carolina Central improves to 3-1 and one on the season. Delta Devils fall to 0-3, continue their struggles. But one thing that was fascinating in terms of this matchup, if you want to go there, was the fact that Walker Harris, uh, that you alluded to a little bit on HBCU Nightly on Wednesday, Got the call, and he represented well. The junior, six foot, 180 pounds from Rossville, North Carolina, uh, really took it to the Eagles in many ways and showed out 17 to 28, 263 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions on the ledger. Uh, credit to what he was able to do. Char- uh, Joshua Sims, senior, if you would, go a little deeper inside the numbers and tell us what you thought about this matchup here. Well, well, Doc, man, I thought that this was an incredible show uh, and and an incredible opportunity for uh, Walker Harris, big walk dog, or talk Texas, Walker, Texas Ranger, as we call him uh, around our (laughs) bars, man. This is a good opportunity for him to be able to show America and show all of HBCU football and all of FCS, all of Division I football, that there will not be a layoff or a lag next year when Davius Richard leaves the building. That has been the biggest question. And I've continuously told people multiple things, two things in particular. One, that our offensive line, though we lost Robert Mitchell and lost uh, Corey Bullock to the transfer portal, that the offensive line as a unit was better mm-hmm. this year than it was the previous year. We saw a very, very dominant offensive line so far this year, giving up a resounding one sack this entire season so far. One. 
one sack this entire season thus far. And you look at this offensive line, and yesterday we had a chance to get some guys, some young guys in there to get some reps, to get some, you know, to build that depth as we go into, uh, uh, you know, really a tough part of our, our schedule. That offensive line is playing lights out, man. And you have Walker come in yesterday to give Davies a chance to kind of sit back and relax, to get ready for Campbell coming into the nest next week. Walker goes for five passing touchdowns. I think he either ties or was right behind the school record for the most passing touchdowns in a game, which is incredible to see. So, But also on that defense, and I talked about this defense in particular being vicious, being nasty, and being fast. Shout out to our young guy, DeJour, defensive end DeJour, who lost his mother at some time this year. But he has been playing really, really motivated ball. Gets to school down the highway, had three sacks. Last week against uh, against UCLA, not so much. But this week he comes back out and he gets three tackles for loss and two sacks. This young brother is balling. And for a team that last year had questions about the edge, coming off the edge, edge rushers, he has been a bright side and a bright feature for what that defense is going to look like going forward. And then overall yesterday, man, overall as defense, gave up a couple gas plays, but held them out of the out of the end zone. I mean, it was an overall great, great performance on offense, defense, and special teams yesterday. Didn't give up anything on special teams yesterday, which is always something that big that, that you can always tip your cap to. Uh, but without a question, without a shot of a doubt, Doc, you hit the head, nail on the head. Walker Harris yesterday had a dynamite, a dynamic performance. That offensive line did what they were supposed to do again yesterday. Offensive line did what they were supposed to do. Running back room did what they were supposed to. It was a complete game. And I can check another thing off my list. First checkoff was to beat both of our rivals in state. Check. Second checkoff was to clear out the state of Mississippi. Check. <laughs> now our next checklist is to go undefeated against the Colonial. I mean the co- I mean the Colonel. I mean whatever they calling themselves this week this year to clear out the CAA in non-conference play. That is our next one. We got a big one next week in the nest at home against Campbell, who lost to Elon yesterday, who we then have after we play Campbell. So it's a beautiful day in the, in the triangle right now. It's a beautiful day. Oh, my God. I like the checks box. Charles, you see you doing some notes and checking. What did you want to tell Joshua about your check? Uh, yeah, uh, check box guy. Uh, let me ask you, because <laughs> you, <laughs> you mentioned this next three-game stretch. Um, yes. Who, if anybody, in this next three games, uh, would you look at them like, oh, okay, we, we better make sure we tighten X, Y, or Z up? Well, I got to go straight to next week, Joe. I got to go straight to next week. Last last year is in the past. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, Coach Oliver – Came into this season extremely motivated to get back some of them, some of those losses that he had in the first couple of years um, here with us in our program. And so nothing is going to be bigger than Campbell next week. Mm. Campbell, who runs a defensive uh, a scheme that's very similar to the pro style. We heard Coach KJ Black come on HBCU nightly last week and talk about Campbell having a pro style defense, having a guy in Mike Mental who played in the league, had a very long career in the NFL. And literally, man, that defense calls plays. We got El Haj Malik coming in next week again. They passed 44 times yesterday. Oh. 44 times yesterday against Elon. Just came up a little bit short against Elon. And so if our defense is going to do anything, it's got to be ready for that up-tempo. We can't use another excuse this year uh, that, that the up-tempo, that tempo caught us slipping. We're going to be at home. We're going to have the opportunity to control the sticks. The, the game clock already moves faster 
They're looking to try to get as many plays in as possible. We cannot allow Valhaz Malik to come in and throw the ball 40-some-odd times, and we don't get to him. And so if I had a game in this next three-game stretch that we've got to make sure that we're on top of our A game, it's next week against Campbell. In the nest, at home, we have not lost in the nest in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to be able to continue to protect the nest, we're going to have to bottle up El Hadj Malik next week. We're going to have to make them run the ball instead of throwing the ball all over the field. And then our offense is going to have to be efficient, be consistent, and stay ahead of the chains. Do not allow for that game to get, get behind us. And I think that if we do that, we should not only beat Campbell, but we should be able to take care of business in a, in a dominant fashion. Good stuff. Let me go over to you, Mike. I know you've been sitting patiently wanting to get into the X's and O's, as Joshua Sims and B.J. Jones would say, of this uh, next matchup we had this past weekend, Lorman, Mississippi, uh, Jack Spinks Stadium. Uh, you have top seven program, number six, Alcorn State Braves, who fall to one and three uh, based on the ranking was an upset. It's Prairie View A&M goes on the road, gets it done. They improved the two and two overall. More importantly, they're at two and zero oh in the conference race as they t- take down their second Western Division foe on this early season. They do it in fine fashion. Basically, a walk off field goal at twenty three and twenty. In terms of that matchup, with that being said, uh, Charles, if, I mean Mike, if you would, what were your thoughts in terms of what took place in this matchup? First, data point. PV has not beaten the Braves since 2016. Mm. Second, data point. Panthers have not won in Lorman since 2015. Mm. Data point. Third, preseason. Who was number four or five in the West? Think about it. Think mm. about it. Purdue mm. and m We've knocked out two of the folks that were above us. Next stop, Grambling. We wondered going into this season – Prairie View has a great offense. They got a modern day. They got Brian Jenkins, a transfer from uh, Alabama A&M. How would they fare on the road against a team that could run? I'll tell you, data point, who's number five or six in the SWAC and, and rushing? Jarvion Howard. Who's number three or four in the SWAC and rushing? Ahmad Antoine. Who got the better of the two? Yes, Ahmad Antoine. So 80 yards. Look, 80 key yards. Javion Howard held to only 40 yards rushing. If you'd have told me that at the end of the game, he didn't end the game with only 40 yards rushing, I would have said, no way. Aaron Allen, great game. Their second leading rusher, Nico Duffy, only 20 yards. So that defense stepped up in the second half. If you look at this game, it was really a tale of two halves because Alcorn State really dominated. It doesn't, the score doesn't reflect it because at halftime it was 10-7. Alcorn State really dominated Tom Clock in the first half. Come in, their defense said, oh, we got to come play ball. They got the game's only turnover. After that, Alcorn, uh, Alcorn State went three and out, I think three or four possessions, and Prairie View said, we come here to play. And they scored, I think they went up like 21-13, something like that, 20-13, uh, and – then uh, then Alcorn State drives the ball down. Aaron Allen did. They had one of those drives. But it came down to that last kick, that second walk-off, Dr. Cavill, that you talk about for living la vida Gomez, living la vida <laughs> Gomez, two walk-offs. I don't care how we get it done. But when you find a way to get it done against a team like Alcorn State that rushes the ball in Lorman, Mississippi, the year our Lord, 2024, you've done something. You're sending a statement. 
So the other thing I want to give kudos to, I think the uh, Panthers needed that extra receiver. You know, if you look at receiving, they had Jenkins, great. They had Trajan Spiller, 50 yards, four catches. But there was a young man named Kobe Cavill. I, I joke with Dr. Cavill, but he had four key catches, if you watch that game. Catches, one set up actually the final score. So kudos for that fourth receiver for finally stepping up. Man, there he go. He going to say Cavill. Hey, no, no, he, <laughs> I caught it. It was perfect, man. He did everything perfect. Then he purposely going to say, Calvin, Ben would be proud. I'm going to tell the rest of folks, Chell's looking at his head, talking about, man, what just went on here? Shout out to the COVID twins. As Corey was texting me and made sure and send me a video of that last catch. Proud of COVID, number four. You see, Deuce has his jersey. We're very proud. The other thing that, Mike, that you talk about, the walk-offs to the fact that those two wins, they were on the road. Those yep. were yeah. tough yeah. victories. That was against the Texas Southern uh, where they had body playing in that matchup. You yep. also had them, obviously, Aaron getting it done. This is a team that a lot of people thought all going after that home victory to their credit against McNeese State. Folks was like, yeah, they're ready to go. Charles, what else you got in this? Well, I, I think, like you mentioned, to two road wins – that puts more emphasis on you better protect the house. You got to protect home. You got some games coming up at home that you have yep. got to be loud, proud, and really making a house of horrors for teams coming in. But I, I think that the, the stat that jumped out for me with this Alcorn Prairie team, because they're so similar, uh, Aaron Allen, 37 pass attempts. And, yep. and to me, if, if Alcorn is throwing the ball 30-plus times, mm. it, means I'm doing, it means I'm doing something right. It means yep. I'm I'm holding down that run game, and that's really what jumped out at me in, in this game. Because uh, when I saw that stat, and and no 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 dig at Aaron Allen had a good game, twenty six to thirty seven, but thirty seven yep. pass attempts. That means you you're keeping Jarvin Howard in check somewhere. Yep, yeah, good point when you talk about and Trayvon Collins. People don't want to talk about him. I thought he was the quarterback that everybody overlooked. Everybody wanted to talk about all these other great quarterbacks. To their credit. Uh, but Trazon Conley went to work, and you talk about being efficient. He might not do a lot, but he was 12 of 19, 187 yards, and Keith got the touchdown, had the one interception, but he redeemed himself for it, and he got in crucial rushing yards at the appropriate time, uh, four for 12 with the big rushing touchdown. So credit to what he did, spreading the ball around his receivers as you picked up some of them, but it was five of them. Check out what they averaged on their catch. Yep. Ryan Jenkins Jr., 30.5 a catch. I only had two, but they were two big ones, 61 yards in terms of along with 38. Trey John Spiller, four for 54, 13.5 on his average. Yep. Getting in the end zone on one of them, along with 28. Kobe Cavill, three of 46, 15.3 yards a catch, had along the 24. So um, Dylan – Domeo, two of 18, nine on his. David Murray got into action, one of eight, but he had eight on his. So when they do pass, they are very functional at picking up big yards in terms of when that rushing game is getting it done uh, in that mix, it gets work. Let's go Let's to this last game. And DJ Jones, I want you to get in on this. As all four of us are going to get in here. And I'll let you, Josh, see you want to have uh, comments there because I know you've been quietly talking about Prairie View Self on HBCU Nightly and tried to yeah. tell everybody. Everybody wanted to go 
uh, Alcorn, and you said it. I'm going to go to you, Joshua, and then I'll come back to you, Charles. We're all going to yeah. get on the yeah. mix as we talk about family and Alabama State. Go ahead, Joshua. Yeah, yeah no, I was, just, I was just saying that's that yak, man. That yard after catch. Yard after catch. catch. <laughs> Having the ability to put the ball in receivers' hands and they make something happen with it, man. That is that is something that the, the old ball player in me, the old coach in me, gets excited about. When I see guys catch the ball and they make a play, I'm not talking about the quarterback always having to put the ball in the bread basket. I'm talking about an offensive coordinator make a call. It could be an inside dig. It could be a drag route. It could be an inside sit route. It could be a snag or a spot route. It could be a curl route. And you find a way to make that defender miss and you get the yards after the catch. That's what I'm excited about hearing. When I see gashes for 28 yards, most of the time you ain't passing the ball down the field for 28 yards. That means you got a pass that probably went for 10 to 12 yards. You made a guy miss. You broke it for another 10 to 12 yards or another 15 to 18 yards. And that's that yards out of the catch. I'm glad to see this because Tracy Ann Conley was somebody I talked about at the beginning of the season. I said was this Prairie View A&M team is going to go as Tracy Ann Conley goes. And yep. the season he's got a Full receiving core. Full receiving core. I Couple also people. want go ahead. I, go ahead also, I also want y'all to go back and cite Charles Bishop back at Swag Swag Media Day, uh talking about Purview. I, I yeah. just yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, he talked about all the weapons, Brian Jenkins Jr. I was uh, Brian. He yep. talked about doing that uh as you saw different things and how they were able to get some stuff done. Let's go. Uh, to Tallahassee, Florida, Bragg Memorial Stadium, SWAC game, Alabama State Hornets were coming back off a week off, and they were taking off the number one team in many people's hope, certainly Dr. Cavill's family rattlers, and boy, did they um, mess around and make it interesting. Couldn't get it done. Credit to rattlers as they really jumped in there and made the most of it. Defense came to play for sure. B.J. Jones, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup as FAMU, the rattlers, improved the three and one, two and zero. Oh, more importantly, in conference play, is Alabama State falls to one and two and zero oh and one in conference play. DJ Jones, what are your thoughts? I mean, the biggest thing is that man, fam, you found a way to do it. Um, Alabama State have found they like they found the quarterback. Um, that offense looks a lot, a lot different yesterday. Uh, and if you look at the passing yards, that the quarterback actually outdueled Musa. Um, if you look at the yardage and everything, but. Look, fam, you finds a way to get it done. I think with a 17 straight at home that they've won. Um, we talked about this a year ago. This Alabama State fam, you rivalry with when fam, you came into the conference, we knew about Southern and fam, you, but this Alabama State fam, you rivalry is quickly becoming one of the best rivalries in all of HBCU football. But just looking at fam, you, the way that they got it done, uh, Alabama State could not run the ball. I think they, didn't even average a yard a carry on yesterday. Man, fam, you, man, they find ways to get it get it done. And you can tell maybe they kind of overlooked Alabama State a little bit, looking at they lost the miles and, and kind of slept walk in it, but they found a way of win. Win pretty, uh, but you'll take ugly wins uh, better than a pretty loss right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you said it, BJ. 23 or 14.6 yards uh, along the 19. They shut down, certainly. Alabama State rushing. Demond Stewart, 23 of 38, 289, uh, one touchdown, did have the interception. Mike, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think comparatively, I agree that Demond Stewart hit comparatively to Jeremy Musa. You could argue that he played as well or better comparatively. He did have the one touchdown. I thought the thing that stood that even though it was an ugly win, 
fam, you control this ball for damn near 40 minutes of the game. Now, were they productive all 40 minutes? No. But a total of 353 yards, when you control the ball that much, you give the other team less opportunities to capitalize on it. So whether they scored or not, they they held control of the ball 40 minutes. That's two-thirds of the game. Yeah, good analysis. I like that. Charles, what do you have? Sam, you got it done, but it has to ring uh, alarms for me when I look at their ground attack and they only got 59 yards on the ground. I, and I know and I know how stout Alabama State's defense is, but that has to ring some alarm bells for them to only, only uh, average 2.8 yards per carry. And I, when I look at their schedule, I got to ask this question of the panel. Is there another team out there? that can control FAMU's running game, pin their ears back, and come after Jeremy Moose. We just talked about Prairie View homecoming. Maybe that's the one that they can get the – if they can run the ball, which is what you need to control exactly. the clock and get them off there. Um, Prairie View's one of them. That matchup they had with Southern is another one that they um, can get it. But the question you got with Southern, though, is that line play. There's still some questions in terms of what Southern does on the line. So I know people are excited in terms of the backfield of Southern, uh, but there's been some questions about uh, the line play. And then, um, not that we have to dive into this level, but you also have the concerns of just the rift, if you would, between the Southern fan base and the coach itself. At some point, that is a troubling sign, not as if they can't get it done, but that's going to seep into what the players are doing and if a team can push a little doubt, it becomes a challenge. I don't think you can do that for a full season. They have to find a way to kind of coalesce that. And I know they're working through it, but that is something that kind of makes me nervous as well. Josh, let me get your thoughts in terms of this matchup. You have a unique view over the years. You've seen FAMU in terms of the, the MIAC. Now they're in the SWAC. So you get to get this front porch view, if you would, in terms of the SWAC matchup. What did you think in terms of what you saw uh, come down uh, when fam, you got it done 23 to 10 defensive made some big time plays uh, in terms of this matchup as well. Look, man, um, <clears throat> football is not, it's not difficult. Uh, sometimes we as prognosticators and, and, and the media and coaches and fans, sometimes we make it more difficult than it has to be. And it's not difficult to win on Saturdays is incredibly difficult um, to win a, a football game in general is very difficult to do. And to string off the amount of home wins that FAMU has strung off is, is, is incredible. That being said, uh, Jeremy Moose to 25 to 40 for 294 yesterday. That tells a lot right there. Um, you know, two passing touchdowns tells me a whole lot, man. It tells me uh, a couple things in particular about Alabama State's defensive back room. Uh, a little bit of a challenge, man, dealing with that fluidity in that, that FAMU receiving room yesterday. They had some issues, man, and, and it, and it kind of exposed itself all four quarters of the game. But there were some situations in that game yesterday. And I can say this because I know what it feels like to be in down-the-distance moments and you got to make a call. <clears throat> there were some situations yesterday down in distance where I saw FAMU call some questionable play calls. Some play calls that you just don't call in certain situations. And I'm concerned. Now, I I'm not concerned to the place where I'm saying this could come back and bite them against who they get ready to play against. But let's say, for instance, a Southern team gets rolling 
and they showed it. They are very, very opportunistic. Over time, we've seen Southern's defense be very opportunistic. It is not a pushover defense. You are not going to play against Southern and, and feel like you can just make a whole bunch of things. Given Dr. Canville a great point, there are some issues going on from a culture standpoint, a rift between the fans and the coaches and the players that causes an effect on the players. But I'm not so much concerned about that game being what it is as much as I'm concerned about October 28th when they got to go play uh, when Prairie View A&M comes into town. A defense that has shown already is opportunistic and has an offense. Listen to this, y'all. They have an offense that can capitalize. Prairie View has shown you. They got an offense that can capitalize when you make questionable play calls in certain situations. No coach is going to call a perfect game. But there are some play calls that you just don't call in certain situations. And I saw Fam do that four times yesterday. Four times. And if we had the time, I would go through each and every one of those play calls. And I'm saying that eventually somebody's going to catch up to you making them play calls. And you think that it's okay for you to make them play calls because you're playing against a team that virtually has not even a pedestrian offense across the field. They have almost a non-existent offense over there. You switch the quarterback, still look on non-existent. I'm saying that if you don't get that figured out and you don't figure that out before you got to get ready to play against Prairie View, before you got to play against Southern, you're going to have some problems on your hands. You're going to have some real issues on your hands. And so I was very, very – there was a couple of them calls. I got four of them written right down in my handy dandy notebook that I saw was questionable play calls and <laughs> down the distance. I got, I got a little uh, – that, no that supports that. I got some points that support that. You know who's number one against the, the rush in SWAC? It's FAMU. You know who's number two? Alabama State. Number three, Southern. And then comes Prairie View A&M. So you just played Alabama State, okay? All right. Now the problem is FAMU is good against the run. But when you talk about passing, they drop down somewhere to the middle, almost third quartile of the SWAC and allowed passing yards. They're allowing 240 yards. So that tells me right now, that if you can pass or have a balanced offense against them, you have a very good chance to beat FAMU. That's right. That's one-sided. Whereas you look at Prairie View, all the, on both sides of the ball, solid defense. You look at even Southern, solid on both sides of the ball against the run and against the pass, statistically. So, yes, you have two games, statistically, Southern and Prairie View A&M, data points that could be very tough if you don't play your game. Let's take our last break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll talk about each of you get to pick your key matchup uh, in terms of next week. And you can also add in terms of some games as you were kind of discussing there with other teams uh, as you start to get into conference play a couple of weeks from now for the MEAC uh, as you continue to the heart of folks' conference play in the SWAC uh, over the rest of the season. Stick with us. We'll be back after this last break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Novice to aficionado. Find yourself here. High quality Cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website 
www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics, from the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories. We cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Shout out to Ricky Burden, Drake Wayne Graham, and my brother at TV. I see. See the shout outs are ready to go. We talking about State Fair Classic. I think somebody might yes. set that out there uh, in terms of a key matchup. We'll see uh, how that should set up. He said it's real early, but Grand PV Southern back on top like old times. I hear you. I deal with it. Magic though, usually we only get this during Labor Day Classic weekend where we have a Sunday game or two. We have one today at uh, 12 high noon. You have Shaw. Traveling to Elizabeth City State Military Appreciation Game uh, with a matchup today. So we'll make sure we share some love with Shaw and Elizabeth City State. Um, with that being said, BJ Jones, what is your matchup of this week that you're looking at, or one that you just can't get out of your head following up for a couple of weeks down the road? Oh, man. For, for this week coming up, man, it's Grambling and Prairie View, State Fair Classic. You know, yep. it, it's one of those things, man. You know, I I want to see it. You know, you kind of want to saw Grambling yesterday in, in Texas Southern, and um, I, I think that this game is going to be one of those building blocks, one of those tree shaking games when we talk about how the West will be determined. And then on on the other side of the game that I'm kind of uh, looking forward to seeing, uh, Alcorn has to go to Alabama State uh, mm. this weekend. And and that one's going to be interesting. Alabama State looked a lot better offensively. They look like that from the point standpoint, but they look a lot more capable offensively. What that defense is going to look like against that all-corn offense? Can Aaron Allen replicate what he did uh, on on uh, yesterday as far as his arm and through the air um, uh, against Alabama State? And the third, I'm calling upset alert. I'm hitting the panic button. I'm calling upset alert. 
Tuskegee visits Alabama A and M. Yes, homecoming would yes. not. Shocked. I'm, I'm calling that one too. I think the Golden Tigers get Alabama A and M at home yes. for homecoming and spoil it on Saturday. Man, DJ yes. Jones, you throwing fastballs as well as I talked about Joshua Sims. That is my mid-major classic game of the week. It's a bonus game uh, since we don't have a mid-major classic this week. Obviously, uh, classic game of the week is that Prairie View Grambling game. So you're on the money as we're getting some of these key matchups out here early. So I like what you're talking about there. Charles chomping up the bits. What's on your mind? What What do you look forward to this weekend that you say, I got to see what it happens? Well, this 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 Tuskegee team that fought tooth and nail with the Lane Dragons yesterday. We are expecting them to go up to Alabama A and M and and steal one. That's that's what that's what I'm hearing. They got caught looking ahead. Mm, okay, that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, 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 I'll be I there. That, I'll yeah. be in one of those dog houses. Shout out to uh, to Alabama A and M Bulldogs. I'm taking the white. Uh, home yeah. there, so uh, I'll get to see it live. So I'll let you know one way or the other what takes place, Charles. Yeah, no doubt. But the other one, uh, I think BJ touched on it. I mean, State Fair Classic this upcoming weekend, Grambling and Prairie View, and you know nobody's talking about Grambling, and they just creeping around. They creeping yep. around, and here comes Chance Williams, Floyd Chalk, Lyndon Rash. They got some. They got some. They got some dynamite components. They they look scary, and then you know they they have a a a, gr- a great pass rush, and I, you know I, that's that's going to be a fun one next week. And now Prairie View, Prairie View's turning a few heads. Now we all get to take a look at State Fair Classic this weekend. That should be a really really good game. Yeah, what's unique about that that people didn't realize? You know, I get the cheat code, so I got to sit up and watch all these games. The preseason uh, defensive player of the year for the SWAC, Cindy Yada Anderson uh, was ejected in that game for hit on the quarterback late in that matchup. So he's out for three quarters um, uh, in terms of the State Fair Classic. So that's a challenge for that, uh, particularly this team that teams been able to run on them. And while they pulled away with Texas Southern backup, uh, there were many plays that Texas Southern left on the field that could have, uh, change the direction of the game. So it's interesting when these matchups, when you look at them, and how it's not a huge difference between a lot of these teams. And I don't think people consider that. I think people are in love with brands. And that's why I love the way you all talk about football because you get into the numbers. You talk about what a team is doing well, what they're not doing well, what they can improve on, you know, where they're hitting on cylinders. Uh, you go into matchups in terms of who has uh, the ability to navigate that space because of rivalry games, who may be looking past the team. So there are many different variables that we all must consider. So it's intriguing. You all have me watching games totally different than I have in the past. So I appreciate that. Let me go to you, Mike. What's on your mind? Oh, a lot of, a lot of what's been said already that, that, you know, this is this state fair classic, uh, will will be in place. Oh my God! Uh, which has been in place for a number of years. This year takes on even a, a a whole nother level of what is going to happen long uh, down the road in the SWAC West. So you mentioned the uh, Anderson, the, the linebacker. I have plan to mention that as well. That's a key loss for Gramlin. Gramlin has finally figured out after a slow start this year. We're in the football business. 
So mm. they keep creeping around. They remember that they play football. So this game will be tough. So the other one that BJ Jones mentioned was that Tuskegee. I'm calling the upset on that one too. I'm put, I'll put my name on that one. That might be, that just might be the upset. The other one, and I see the time, Doc, is Allen versus Fort Valley. Mm. You got three and oh, Allen against three and one, uh, Fort Valley. Fort Valley's only star loss was to Tuskegee by six points. So that, that will be interesting. We're going to see how real. Either Allen or Fort Valley is this year. That's another key matchup that I can't wait to see next week. Man, it's fascinating. I'm going to go to Joshua to save us some love with these folks all in love with the swag. I guess uh, Mike did throw in a little SIC since AD Drew is not here. Uh, BJ Jones showed us a little love. But I'm like Charles. I'm a little intrigued about how y'all talking about Tuskegee going into uh, Alabama A&M rivalry game. I know they're going to be hyped for that, but Tuskegee, I've got the chance to watch Tuskegee right here on the BCSN network because uh, uh, we cover the games and like that. And I'm not sure if I'm seeing the same thing that I'm seeing from you all about Tuskegee. This is a bend, but don't break defense. This is a Tuskegee that won against Fort Valley State. Give them credit, but it went down to the wire, 37-31 last play. Uh, couldn't get in there. Now they beat up Kentucky State, Tuskegee, thirty-six to ten. Uh, they got a tough matchup against Central State. Was right there with them, twenty-seven to twenty-one. All but gave them hell. And then Lane uh, took them to double overtime. They only put up fourteen points in the regular part of that game. It was fourteen-zero, and Lane storms back. It's fourteen-fourteen. Um, and so I'm intrigued about that matchup. Y'all got me looking a little closer if I'm missing something from Tuskegee. With that being said, Joshua, give us some CIAA, some VAC love. What you got on your plate, man? All this whack and SIC love. I don't know. Well, you know, Doc, the, the unfortunate part about this part of the season for the CIAA is that <laughs> the, the intriguing matchups aren't happening right now. You know, like you might catch a, you know, you might catch a, a, a upset here and there. Like yesterday, we got Virginia Union going down to Fayetteville State. You know what I mean? You might catch one of those Bowie State almost gave one up and saying all yeah. But the reality yeah. is that this part of the season ain't really that exciting in the CIAA. But that being said, I will say that I am interested I'm interested in the fact that Fayetteville State's got to go up to Bluefield, West Virginia. They got to go mm -hmm. up to Bluefield, West Virginia. They got to go take on another CIAA North opponent in West Virginia. Ain't no telling what the weather going to be like. Ain't no telling what the atmosphere going to be like. And that's a rough thing to do two weeks in a row to go on the road and beat two CIAA North teams on the road. And I can guarantee you Coach Coachman going to have them Bluefield State boys ready to rock and roll. It's a home game. So that's that's intriguing for me in the CIAA. Winston-Salem State's got to go up to Lincoln, Pennsylvania to take on again another CIAA North team. Shout out to my dog, G, Gerald Huggins. He was on HBCU nightly every week. They going to have that defense ready to go. It's Winston-Salem State's offense for real. We starting to see a couple of tenants. We starting to see a couple flashes. You know what I mean? Are they for real? We get a chance to see that. And then again, it goes without saying, but it's the same question we have about Allen on the SIAC side. I have that same question about John C. Smith. 
Dusty Smith, are you for real? They go on the road. That's they the go one. on Business City State. They got to go right down that state borderline between North Carolina and, and Virginia. And they got to go up to Lisbon City State. Heard it's going to be a good, beautiful atmosphere up there in Lisbon City. Northern North Carolina atmosphere. College football ain't no joke up there. Trust me. I took a visit there <laughs> once or twice. Uh, they gonna have to come with they they gonna have to come with their lunch pail, but I think uh you know that's the intriguing matches. Those are the intriguing matches up in in the CIAA. Again, y'all give some credit to the CIAA. Right now, it's not when you get your most intriguing matchups. You got some North versus South battles, but it ain't very very intriguing. Now in the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference, old school down the highway. Are <laughs> uh, you gonna score a touchdown? <laughs> Norfolk State uh. bouncing back after a loss to a mid-major program that is rocking and rolling. Virginia State look for that Mid-Eastern Athletic invitation to come in the mail in three to five business days. <laughs> coach Frazier, I love you, Coach. You ain't about to sit in that CIAA for much longer. We coming to get y'all. Dr. Abdullah, Dr. Abdullah got so much love for you. We talk so much in the back room. I got so much love for Dr. Abdullah, uh, Abdullah the president of, of Virginia State. Hey, look for that, that invitation to come in the mail in three to five business days. We need to overnight it. We'll overnight it via UPS or FedEx, whoever's going to get it there fastest. But that's what's going to happen. But old school down the highway, uh, you, you got some big news this week. Your chancellor's retiring. Uh, you got a lot of instability going on in Greensboro. You ain't won a game. You haven't scored a touchdown that much. You can't pass the ball. And then you got Norfolk State, who with Otto Coons right now, looking like a completely different team. And then you got to go up to Old Norfolk. And I've always said, whatever can go wrong, if there's a stadium, in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, I promise y'all, God be more loving. If there's a stadium in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference where if something can go wrong, it will go wrong, it is in Norfolk, Virginia. I've seen the craziest things in my life happen in Norfolk, Virginia. I was scared out of my mind last year when we had to go and clinch the MIAC and the Burton <laughs> Celebration Bowl in Norfolk last year because I've seen crazier things happen. That's the game I'm looking at. All the other games inside the conference, Howard's got to go take care of business against Robert Morris. It's Robert Morris. Howard, you got to go take care of business. Get your face back. We know what happened with Hampton. You had a bye week. Get it fixed. Get ahead of the chains. Have a balanced offense. Run the ball, pass the ball. Get some guys healthy. Tired of hearing the excuses about you not being healthy. Them excuses at this point. Go beat Robert Morris. Uh, Morgan State, I'm praying for you. Praying for you. Uh, mm. They had also a coach. Um, they had a coach who lost his son last night in D.C. So, our, like, literal prayers are going to the Morgan State family. And, and, and our prayers and love go to them. Uh, and then, you know, we're hoping that uh, this does not have a lingering effect on Morgan State. Yeah, last yeah. night's game, this those are one of them games where it can, it can have a lingering effect, man. Uh, you know, you hope that they've got the quarterback situation fixed. You just don't know. And they got to go play against Yale next week. Delaware State looking to possibly get their first W of the year, but I, I don't know, man. They got Virginia Lynchburg. And the way that Delaware State been playing, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Don't and then, Delaware you know, State like that. I, I don't know. No disrespect, man. I love Delaware State. But uh, <laughs> Dottie Cavill, the one who brought it to my attention that every conference has a balance. 
I'm sorry. Delaware State. Delaware State from the Valley. We just as responsible for Delaware State as, as the swag is the Valley. Yeah, Delaware State is we the Valley of the Mid. Yeah. yeah, we responsible for them. We responsible we talking for them. Delaware State? Yeah, we talking Delaware State. Yeah, we responsible for them. So hopefully they get their first W of the season this week. And then, of course, the top dog hosting the little camels out of Bowie's Creek coming up to the net next week. It's going to be big time. And Doc, I would I know we I was supposed to be showing some love only to the MIAC and, and to the CIAA, but I gotta say, I did say at the beginning of the season that Tuskegee was gonna catch one of these division one Alabama schools. I said that like 25 times. You did. You did. Does, does, hey, does it come true this week? I don't know. But I hey, know. I'll, I'll come but back I and apologize that. to all four of you all if Tuskegee Golden Tigers get it done. You know, I know AD is pushing on that. Uh, my, my man that does the uh, HBCU mid-major uh, with Stephen Gaither, they get on here, and I think, you know, he does some calls uh, for the Tuskegee, and they got a great show to give you some insights on the Division II program. So I apologize to him, but I don't see what y'all see after watching Tuskegee. Yeah. Y'all ain't about to do Quincy Casey like that. Y'all ain't about to do Quincy Casey like that. I don't know if you're Quincy Casey like that. You're right. He did call out against Bond Bluff last week. He did call out against Bond Bluff. Yeah, he did. He got it done against uh, Bond Bluff because I thought if anybody was going to get him on a short week after that tough loss, it was Bond Bluff. And they found a way to get it done. Let me give a shout-out to Dr. Paul Bryant. He's going to take care of me up there at Alabama A&M. He's rolling. I like the matchup that you're talking about, Norfolk State Spartans. Uh, They got it done against Townsend Tigers, 21-14. Maybe people may have overlooked in terms of their win. But Norfolk rushed for 350 yards. Yes, Lord. I don't know if y'all caught that. On 54 yes, attempts, 350 yards uh, as they got it in there. The other one that I want to show some love to is Tennessee State. Uh, as they're back yeah. in action, they traveled to UT Martin, uh, second BC, uh, Big South OBC uh, game, Martin, Tennessee, Harder, M. Graham Stadium. If they're going to make that next step, this is the gum they got to find a way to win in terms of doing it as Tennessee State had all week and they're back into action. So it would be fascinating to see what that looks like. So that's some of the ones I wanted to shout out myself in terms of big games this week. We're full of action. Get out there, travel. Go see your HBCU game in your backyard. If you don't have one in the backyard, get on the road and get it done. Again, shout out to my neighbor, uh, Mr. Dennis, uh, as – Son Deuce, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of representing Kobe Cavill, he said he saw the video. He saw Kobe out there getting it done. So I wanted to give him a special shout out again as he's uh, traveling. Travel safe. We'll see you back when you get into the neighborhood and make sure uh, uh, we <laughs> have a little notes under your doormat there so we can talk the rest of the week. That's a lawnmower game, Doc. That's a lawnmower game. The loser of that game got to cut the other's front yard. That's a lawnmower game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on over here. Come on over here. At hey, least Doc. trim up. I got this. I got it. I got it. Hey, Doc, I have one more. I'm sorry. I got to get this one in. Shout out. Today is my 29th wedding anniversary. So, shout out to my beautiful wife, Kim. She is on the road. Uh, heck, two thirds of Wheeler is on the road uh, this week in DC. Um, but uh, 29 years as my ride or die, she'll watch the show. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure she'll send me her thoughts as well. She's a big Fort Valley uh, fan as well, being from Warner Robins, Georgia. But shout out, 29 years of marriage today. 
Hey. Shout out to my big sister, Kim. Yeah. Little sister, Kim, shout out, shout out. Much love yeah. to both of y'all celebrating your anniversary. Uh, beautiful people, beautiful children, even more so. So safe travels, Kim. We'll talk to you when you get back. For everybody that continues to be on the move and travel and things like that, safe travels to all of y'all. Appreciate each of you, Charles, Mike, Joshua Sims Sr., B.J. Jones, X's and O's. That's B.J. Jones getting it done. And Joshua Sims Sr., thank you for your time uh, getting it. Thank you for listening inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Shout out to the HBCU Lab listeners coming in here every Sunday morning and giving them their time, giving us their time as well. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cabille, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and on Sunday edition of Joshua Sims Sr., B.J. Jones, uh, with two of the three members of the X's and O crew, B.J. Jones, curator of HBCU Weekly, and Joshua Sims Sr., curator of HBCU Nightly. Check them out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays on X, formerly known as Twitter. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Dills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. You know what we do right here on Sunday mornings at 9. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news, give you some key matchups to watch. We'll break them down throughout the week and let you know what time it is. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, or X formerly known as Twitter, Facebook and YouTube is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big, continue to move forward. Make sure you check out on tonight as AD, Brian and AD on Sports Wrap to see what they have about the HBC Sports scene as they set you up for the week. Wednesday's ONG Strike Zone, you heard Mike talking about Mike a little earlier uh, in the show as well. Uh, throughout the week and Saturday again with Carlos as he breaks down to let you know what's taking place across the landscape, specifically at Southern. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Joshua Sims and B.J. Jones? Dismissed.